Hello and welcome to the three inning save podcast. Uh, you know why we're called that, Eric? Wait, why we picked the number three? Do you know why we picked the number three? Uh, is it because of my weird obsessions? No, it's because this team that we root for loves going three and three week in, week out. It's they're uh, consistent. We'll yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, yeah. sometimes we bemoan the inconsistency <clears throat> of the lineup, and which we won't get to do. Uh, but the team at least ju- congeals around a uh, a very consistent beat. Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna break that down. I will say to the Dodgers, the way they're winning uh, when they win every other game, um, that most of their wins are of the kind that you could see a three-inning save. So I appreciate their commitment <laughs> to this bit. So at least there's that uh, going for them so far. Well, we're going to see if there's any light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, otherwise, just uh, keep you updated. And then, yay, questions from Craig. And that's always good, even if it's a bummer of a season so far. So we'll do that after this. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. As is, uh, I think, tradition, not all just on this show, but really any newsy following a team kind of sports uh, podcast. We'll start with the biggest news. What's the biggest news of the week, Eric? Uh, so uh, it's not even Dodgers related. Um, the Rays, who I don't know if you were paying attention, but they started the season 13 and 0. Uh-huh. Um, one of those wins uh, was last Thursday. Uh, they beat the Red Sox uh, 9 to 3, and a, they brought in a 28 year old right hander named Braden Bristow in the seventh. Uh, they were up eight to three, uh, and then he finished out the game. Three scoreless innings. It was a very impressive game for a three inning save. Um, but it was Braden Bristow was his name, and uh, he, it was his major league debut. So the 
I would I would argue the most important uh, three inning save of the season so far. Uh, the first uh, three inning save in a uh, major league debut since Dale Thayer in two thousand nine. Thayer was also on the Rays. Um, so, but and then because baseball can be cruel sometimes, and also because if you throw if you're pitching a three inning save, you're like the long man or an extra man in the bullpen, and you are sometimes deemed expendable. Um, so he was optioned the next day to to AAA. Um, so this year, uh, so he was the fifth three inning save of the year, as we all know, uh, and Andre Jackson of the Dodgers. Uh, we'll get to him a little later in the podcast uh, of uh, not three inning save variety. Um, but uh, the sixth three inning save came the next day, April fourteenth. Bryce Wilson of the Brewers. He closed out an eleven two win over the Padres. Um, Wilson has two three-inning saves this year. Uh, the win against the Padres was 11-2. The win on April 3rd against the Mets was 10-0. I think we have an early candidate uh, leader for a uh, National League Cy Young Award. Uh, pretty, <laughs> pretty clear at this point. I don't even know what Bryce Wilson's ERA is. All I know is he has two three-inning saves and nobody else does. So he's basically... He has an he's ERA of one. A reliever with a one ERA, <laughs> basically Johnny Shutdown out of the bullpen. Are you kidding me? Um, but you know who else might win a Cy Young this year? Who's that? Um, everyone on the Cubs pitching staff who faced <laughs> over the weekend because um, they only allowed two runs in all in each of the three games uh, at Dodger Stadium. Um, the Dodgers uh, nearly got swept. Uh, they were rescued on Saturday. Um, they were getting shut out one to nothing. Um, uh, going into the ninth, they only had two hits to that point, and then they had uh, James Outman singled, Miguel Vargas doubled, um, and then David Peralta, who did not start. He hadn't played since Thursday or uh, Wednesday, excuse me, and he got a walk off two run single. Um, so yeah, <laughs> that you you sort of alluded to it in the opening. Like it's been kind of the same old week for the Dodgers. Um, they they scored nine runs and ten runs in their two wins in San Francisco. They were also shut out in between by the Giants. Um, and then they scored the six total runs over the weekend. So this weekend went win-loss, win-loss, win-loss. Um, the Dodgers have not done that the entire way. They did that in the first four games. But then they went and screwed up the plan and won three straight. So they had to um, compensate for that, and they lost their next three. So they are eight and eight right now um and that's yeah it's like kind of how they sort of uh it's just been it's it's weird i don't know how to describe it like they're they're clearly not like they're not bad you know they're they're like i would say disappointing in some areas but Mm -hmm. like it's just i can't i don't i don't put a hand i can't put a handle on it like i would say right now the glaring like as we recorded last week i think the glaring like um, struggle points were like the bullpen and like the back of the rotation. Mm-hmm. But as we're going to say, I would say the offense is more like glaring just because of how they've been sort of like more silent uh, this week than, than normal. So, uh, but it's weird. They're just, they're just an up and down weird team. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. Perhaps no player uh, emblematic, emblematic, that's not a word, emblematic. Of, <laughs> it is now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Dodgers have been saying then uh, Andre Jackson's week. The eponymous uh, <laughs> three-inning save uh, person himself. 
one with a three-inning save in each of the last three seasons. Thus, he is a a podcast favorite by definition. Um, he um, pitched on Friday against the Cubs. He pitched in another game this earlier in the week too. But um, so <laughs> here's another here's another weird thing. I, after we talked about this before, where I am not the biggest fan of like modern bullpen usage, in that everyone. Like they try to optimize every single pitcher like every single night. So most pitchers only go like one inning. You're maxing out at all times. And then even though you have like an eight-man bullpen, there seems to always be a situation where, oh, man, we're short tonight. Only like four of our eight are available. Like how are you always short with an eight-man bullpen? But um, it, it was a preemptive thing on Friday. Um, so the Dodgers were off Thursday. They go into the Cubs series. It's the first game of a stretch of 10 days in a row, which is the longest for the Dodgers this season. But again, it's game one of that. Um, I will say after, after the, the 10 days, they have one off day and then nine more days. So 19 out of 20, that's a, that's a pretty busy stretch, right? Like the CBA, I think that you can only go um, a maximum of 20 days in a row with, unless without getting like permission. Like sometimes if they have to fit in a rain out or something, like the players can say, no, we don't want to do that. Um, but so Friday night, the Dodgers were trailing because um, their offense was struggling. And so they're down a run in the entering the eighth inning. Um, Noah, Noah Syndergaard uh, pitched. He actually pitched. Like it, in a weird way, like so he he allowed three runs, but he went through, he he was kind of bad the last start out. He struck out nine though. His changeup's been working. Estavo Maximo at uh, True Blue LA wrote about that pitch uh, earlier in the week, um, and he he was pretty good. Like, but it was they were down three two because they they were having trouble scoring. So Bruzar Gradrall had the seventh. They enter the eighth inning down a run. Uh, Dave Roberts had the option of. He was thinking about going to Caleb Ferguson, who's been pretty effective. But instead, he went to Jackson, who um, has been the Dodgers' like lowest leverage reliever. Like he's pitched, he pitched well, like in his first three games. But he was also used in like situations where the game was well in hand, one way or the other. Um, so down a run, even that like um, Robert said after the game. Um, the Dodgers at that point, their runs were two solo home runs and one single. That's, that's like all they had going on. Mm -hmm. And after the game, Roberts basically said, he's like, I, I didn't want to chase, um, with using our leverage guys is how he put it at the, at the front of this stretch of like 10 days in a row. So they put in Jackson, which like it's, it's, it's worse because of how it ended up. But like that in itself is not like the worst. Cause I think there are, even with how um, pitcher use, like, is they attempt to, like, optimize it at all times, like, there's still a lot of situations and, like, perfectly understandable ones where during the course of a long season, a manager will try to buy an inning or two here and there. Like, it might not make sense strategically. Um, but it's, it's like sometimes you just got to you just gotta get something out of this guy or whatever for power along. But anyway, they go to Andre Jackson down a run. And uh, he gives up three home runs in the eight, three solo shots. And um, then at that point, he's like, he's in salvage mode, and they just have him go 
like basically soak up the ninth so no one else has to pitch. Um, and then he gives up another home run. And uh, he was the, he's the first uh, Dodgers reliever since like 1958 to allow four home runs in a game. Uh, he also allowed another run. He it was so bad in the ninth because they were rallying after the home the fourth home run um, that Phil Bickford actually started warming up. They were down eight to two, but it was like, can he get out of the inning? He ended up he did. But um, they found out, or they talked about after the game, uh, A, Jackson was tipping his pitches. Jackson himself said, yeah, we're going to look into it. They, the next day, they they, had, they did look into it. Obviously, they didn't say what they found, just that they he was tipping pitches, so he's working on it. Um, but Jackson was like, I, I kind of I left all those over the middle of the plate. You know, like, the, it was like a confluence of bad things. But... Um, so that was bad for Andre Jackson. So, mm-hmm. um, but the funny part is the situation came up the very next night in the eighth inning. Now it was a little bit different. The Dodgers were also down one. It was one to nothing. Um, Yancy Almonte was the one who started the eighth, but he had finished the seventh. But he ran, got into a little bit of a little bit of trouble in the eighth, where he loaded the bases with one out. Then they brought in Caleb Ferguson, and it was just like. Well, here's your chance. Okay, here's the chance of bringing in Caleb Ferguson, the exact pitcher you were going to use the night before, but decided against it because of, you know, thinking of the long haul. But of course, this is a much worse situation because it's bases loaded instead of a clean inning. But to Ferguson's credit, he came in and struck out two guys to get out of the jam, and then the Dodgers won in the ninth. So like, it's 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 funny how that like worked out that way. Um, but yeah, so. You're right. Up and down, like Andre Jackson sort of typifies, like he he ended one blowout loss or a win, excuse me, with a three inning save, and then he like probably had the worst pitched game, out, maybe outside of the Michael Grove game in Arizona, the start where he gave up nine runs and three and a third. Um, so yeah, it's just it's been weird, man. <laughs> it's just like so weird. Uh, on the the upswing of things, uh, last week we de- dedicated a lot of the episode was talking about Max Muncy, and we had a lot of hope for him after a, a strong sprain, and he hadn't really found it prior to uh, the release of that podcast. And he he's a avid listener and got he's, mad. I, I just imagine he's he's driving to Dodger Stadium Monday. His pop pops in. He's probably listening for the second time to the episode because he probably missed something, you know, the mm-hmm. first time, whatever. And he's like, you know what? They're right. I should start hitting home runs. And <laughs> sure enough, he did. Uh, well, what's so? What's funny? Like, it's so weird because you know, hitting is so damn hard. And like, obviously, he was dealing with the elbow stuff last year, and then he got into bad habits. So they, they sort of came to that, um, like the little, like a toe tap step back thing to sort of get him set in the box, and um, and that helped for a while. And he was really good like the last like two-ish months of the season which like raised hope coming into this year um but like he was still struggling like and i i and so they kind of basically on i think it was on monday in san francisco or like uh they weren't doing that like toe tap because like that's not i don't think that's what he had generally done or like i don't know it, it was it's all like there's all these moving parts right like we we saw this well uh, an example like Cody Bellinger also came back to Dodger Stadium this weekend, and he is like the shining example of uh, how many 
uh, moving parts there are in a swing and yeah. like how things can change over the time. But like anyway, so Muncie goes. Um, I think Aaron Bates was the the hitting coach he was working with on this. Maybe maybe it was Ben Skorak. I don't remember which one. Um, but they went back to the toe tap, and sure enough, he hits two home runs against the Giants. And it's funnier because he always hits it well against the Giants. And so he hits two home runs in that game. And I think that was the game after the game with Kirsten Watson on sports in LA on the field, when he was being interviewed that like, she's like, why do you hit so well here? He's like, I don't know. I hate it here. It's too cold and windy. <laughs> it was really funny. And then, and then sure enough. And so, okay. And then he was already going to get a planned day off Tuesday. That's the game they got shut out. Um, and this is like going back, um, Trace Thompson hit three home runs uh, in the third game of the season uh, on, on a Saturday at Dodger Stadium. And then uh, Dave Roberts, after the game, like half-jokingly, I'm I'm sure, but he said, yeah, we're going to put Trace in there tomorrow. I have a rule. If you hit three home runs, you get back – you get into the game the next day. <laughs> um, and then I think Bill Plunkett brought this up, and it was sort of another joking thing after Monday, and he's like – He's like, no, well, he didn't hit three home runs, so he's, he's still, still going to get the job. But the thing in this game, so uh, another sort of struggling uh, hitter, Chris Taylor, at a key point in that game, hit with the bases loaded, um, and they could have pinch hit Max Muncie there. They didn't, and then Chris Taylor struck out. Um, and then they did use Muncie later in a like less um, um, meaningful situation, I guess. Um, so that was, but then Muncie comes back and hits two more home runs on Wednesday. So like, it, it's wild. Uh, so it was a really good week. He also homered again, uh, during the Cubs series. So, um, I believe he had, uh, one home run and two RBIs coming into the week. I think his WRC plus was 53. Um, and he had five home runs and 12 RBIs this week. So it was, it was a hell of a week. Um, I will say the other, the other sort of turnaround. We what we also talked about a lot last week, and I, I'm sure Muncie heard this as, as he was going to the stadium as he was listening, um, <laughs> was how well it's pretty clear like the Dodgers shouldn't let like Michael Grove start again because he's been really bad. And then um, what I didn't realize as we recorded that because we I wasn't in Arizona or anything, and I didn't see I saw. I think we played a clip from the Sportsnet LA post game that um, part of it was shared, but what wasn't on that video and I didn't see till after we recorded was that, like Roberts also said, well, no, um, um, Grove is still going to start like next weekend, like against Cubs. We, we spent a lot of time going like, well, they could start Gavin Stone. Like, you know, you could do this, this and this. And I, I kind of did expect like them to option him Monday to get an extra reliever, but they ended up not. But um, so then later in the week, um, Roberts said over the weekend that um, so he Grove had strep throat going into that first start. So uh, you could sort of, you know, whatever, take that with a grain of salt, write it off, whatever. Then they said he was like dealing over the weekend. They said he was dealing with the remnants of that going into the starting in Arizona. And Grove himself said um, after Saturday when he started that that was the first time he he was able to do like all of his in between starts things like um, throw the bullpen, um, uh, 
lift weights. Actually, I think that was one of the things he wasn't able to do. So he he felt stronger. I guess he pitched well. He pitched five and two thirds innings. He allowed. He had the audacity to allow a single run, and uh, he struck out six. So, like that's serviceable. I wrote about it over the weekend where it was it was sort of playing off the Jackson thing, like where the Dodgers could like maneuver to make some moves, but they don't. They don't just don't have the. There's no cavalry like waiting for them for like you know Gonsolin is like probably the next big addition they could make and he's probably not going to be ready till like the first week of May at the earliest I think because he still needs to he's going to be at Camelback Ranch for a little bit longer like for maybe like a week or two and then he has to go on a minor league rehab assignment we don't know if that's going to be like one or two or maybe more starts but so. There's just a lot of waiting going on. There's only two pitchers on the 40-man. Well, I think we're um, this is going to come up in a later segment, but there's only two relievers. Uh, it's Justin Brule and Victor Gonzalez who are on the 40-man who are not active. Um, Gavin Stone, obviously not on the 40-man, but he's also, like, struggled in AAA. So, like, there's no obvious, like, we, we're making this change to do better or whatever, but – so they just kind of have to roll with it right now, and they're, 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 they're kind of just, uh, you know, muddling through it at this point. The good news is that the everybody's healthy. Yeah. Well, no. Sorry, I thought, <laughs> yeah. thought you actually were going the, no. the direction I was going in. The, the division, oh kind yeah, of similar. Uh, Arizona's the only team with a winning record, and they do look promising. But you know, I think unexpectedly so. So who knows if that will stick? So yeah. there's still time for the Dodgers to, you know, whether that's just figuring it out with the pieces they have to make a trade to to do that. Maybe an unexpected call up or two that we were we wouldn't think solves it, but it ends up helping. There's opportunity here. And, they're, you know, it's not like the Padres are running away with the race or anything like that. We talked about earlier the three inning save for the Rays, and they they swept the Red Sox in that series. We're going to do it again. <laughs> and, uh, but at the so at the end of that series, I believe, I believe that's when the Rays went to thirteen and zero. They lost uh, a couple times to the Blue Jays after that. But after that series, the Rays were thirteen and zero, and the Red Sox two weeks into the season were five and eight, eight games out of first place. <laughs> like so, it's nothing like that. At least for like the Dodgers at this point. Um, yeah, like yet. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, you're right. Like it it's not ideal how they're playing, but again, they're they're still within like striking distance. Now, the I sort of jokingly alluded to this, but they the Dodgers also hadn't made a single roster move for them in over 2 weeks, which is weird. Um in fact, on Saturday before the game, I was talking to someone in like uh, on my way, like from the the like the dugout, and then up going up to the press box, and I just you know it's weird they haven't made a transaction yet. And then literally later that night we get the word because Will Smith hadn't played the first two games of the Cubs series, and then after the game, Dave Roberts is like, no, he wasn't available. He's also not playing tomorrow. We probably have to add another catcher because <laughs> something's wrong. They were being very vague about what what it was like. I think first on Friday it came up, he had an illness. That's what they said. And then Saturday, they still were vague before the game and said, well, it's not muscular. No, it's, I'm sorry, it's not tissue-related. <laughs> it's a weird thing to say <laughs> in any capacity. <laughs> but then we were all thinking, like, kind of has to be a concussion. But the weird thing is, you know, we saw this a lot during COVID times where you uh, 
per the CBA, um, teams are not allowed to release like medical information. They can um, publicly talk about baseball injuries, right? Mm-hmm. Concussion falls under that, especially because Will Smith, as um, I believe Sportsnet LA showed this on the Sunday broadcast, I think it was Tuesday's game. He took at least three foul tips off the mask. And uh, I think Dave Roberts before, so uh, before I get ahead of myself, he went on the concussion IL on Sunday, which is a seven day injured list as opposed to 10 for position players uh, normally. Um, So he was feeling, I guess, foggy on the, the Thursday off day. They ran concussion tests. I don't, I think, he cleared those tests, but he's still experiencing symptoms. Like he wasn't getting better over the week. And that's why I think that's why the Dodgers are being vague about it. Um, but uh, so before we get into the, the, the Smith thing, like fully, I will say the, the, I guess part of the vagueness, um, no manager is ever going to say like, well, usually at least for a consequential player, they're never going to say before the game, especially for someone who's active, they're going to be like, well, no, he's, he's clearly not playing tonight. They're always going to be like, Oh, he's available. Sure. Like, and then, and then you find out after the game, no, we were never going to use him or whatever. <laughs> and that was the case with Smith. They weren't going to use him, but in the ninth, um, it's runners on second and third with two outs and first base is open. When David Peralta pinch hit Austin Barnes, who at that point hitless on the season, um, in the on deck circle, David Ross was talking about, they were going to pitch around Peralta and then see what they could do with Barnes. And then I his quote, um, the Cubs beat writers were like marveling at this because he was like, I don't know where Will Smith is. I, he's available. He's not. I don't know where he is. <laughs> but like, it was really like in his mind because they, they were thinking like he could be, he'd be the one to pinch hit for Barnes or whatever. So, but then they, they didn't pitch around him because they got a pitch, got too much of the plate and Peralta singled. And that was another single where it was a roller, like through the first and second base. Where like in the in the shift days, that's an out, right? Like mm-hmm. so, they sort of benefited that way. But um, yeah, so they, of course, the knee jerk um, reaction to this on Saturday, night, I think, when after the game, when people were posing, oh, when's Diego Cartaya coming up? It's like, well, maybe after he plays like more than five games at Double A, which <laughs> is what he did at the time. I, Dave Roberts actually addressed this Sunday. He's like, no, he's not. He's not. He's not in under consideration. Mm-hmm. He's not the forty man. That's that's why people were asking. At least I will give them credit for that aspect of it. But um, what they did do, uh, rather than bring up like um, say Hunter Fiducci, who's like a Dodgers prospect who has actually been pretty productive, like throughout, like going up the ladder. He's in AAA, uh, sharing time with veteran Patrick Mazeka. Like either one of those guys could have been brought up, added to the forty man, and then you know, figure out what to do later. Instead, they opted to sign Austin wins. So they have a double Austin uh, catching for <laughs> right now. Uh, Austin wins was with the giants uh, last year and he started this year with them. He was a non-roster invitee started the year in the minors, got called up last weekend, played, started one game was over two with two strikeouts. And then they designated for him, him for assignment the next day. They sent him outright because he cleared waivers but because he's been sent outright to the minors before, he had actually been sent three times outright before. He had the op- the the right to, um, you know, not accept a minor league assignment. So he became a free agent, and I guess he was at home in Nashville 
with his wife, like cooking dinner. I think that's when the Dodgers called on Saturday. Like, hey, we got it's <laughs> an opportunity for you. So he flew out, um, joined the team. He didn't play Sunday, but I think he's he's going to start at least. He might end up starting two games against the Mets, just because. So Barnes, Austin Barnes, cut all three games. Um, they don't have an off day this coming week, so Will Smith can actually return as early as Thursday. They're going to be, you know, he has to be cleared and all this stuff. But um, they then Wednesday's a day game after a night game, that kind of thing. So you could see a situation where Wins ends up catching two of the three, but um, they did have a, a little bit of leeway, forty man wise, because Alex Reyes, a pitcher who they signed, is coming off shoulder surgery and he hasn't really thrown yet. So going to the 60-day injured list only means the earliest you can be activated is May 29th. I don't think he's going to be ready by then anyway. Um, so that wasn't a big thing, but that's how they cleared space for wins. But I think the reason they did that, rather than bring up Fiducia, who I think at least in some respect could factor in as like a a usable like backup in the next few years perhaps, like an up-and-down guy or whatever. I think because this move is basically for – uh, maybe only four days, like through Wednesday. I don't think they wanted to call up Fiducia to maybe start twice and then have him sit on the 40-man roster all year as they option him, you know? Mm-hmm. They could obviously bring him up if something comes up. But, like, because, I mean, no one's ever going to say this right out, out front, but they're just going to designate Austin Wins for assignment when Smith is back, right? Like, so um, he's... That's what they're going to do, I'm sure, uh, with this. So, like, that's why they did that, I think, rather than bring up Fiducia. Had it been, like, if one of the catchers goes down for, like, you know, a month or something or something, like, I could see a scenario where Fiducia comes in as, like, maybe the backup, you know, for, like, a a stretch because that's, like, a maybe more meaningful. I don't even know. Like, maybe they don't rate Fiducia that highly, but, like, I think something like that would be a more likely scenario for him as opposed to like having to start like burn an option year now for the, for the after stuff for like a two game thing. Like mm-hmm. I don't I think that's why they did this. So we'll see. But uh, Austin Barnes, I should say, I mentioned he was hitless uh, going into that Saturday night game. He did single on Sunday. So he is off the night. He was over 18 to start the season. So lost lost in all that information them. you gave us is an important detail they don't have an, an off day this upcoming week which means they cannot go 500 they are playing at wrigley field um uh four games i would say there is ah. i have no idea what the weather calls for <laughs> but look is they're gonna try to get those games because they don't in a weird thing so they're gonna be done with the cubs by next weekend in theory um but you could see a scenario where one of the games gets rained out and they can't make it up or something, some weird scenario that that happens. I haven't even, like I said, I haven't even looked at the weather report. I just assume because it's Chicago. Um, and every, it seemed like every time the Dodgers go there, it, a game gets rained out. Um, but, yeah, that, that it's gonna, that's going to be uh, – they're going to have to have a rain out this week. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> – so maybe maybe the odd number of games is going to spur them on. They're like, well, we can't do 500. We might as well win. <laughs> <laughs> That's as good a motivation as any. Um, speaking of the Cubs and speaking of the Dodgers, um, as you know, they played uh, three games this weekend. What? One of those was uh, Saturday, April 15th, the game they won. 
David Peralta's walk-off two-run single, avoiding the unthinkable, which have been uh, to lose on Jackie Robinson Day. I, before I ask you the question, I will say Jackie Robinson Day was pretty cool. It's always cool in some respects. So the Dodgers had this um, their sort of team moment of reflection. Everyone's in full uniform. They go out. Dave Roberts talks at the statue in center field. But this year, it was a little different because not only did um, the Dodgers go out, but they had worked something out with where the Cubs, with David Ross manager, who played with Dave Roberts, um, was a former Dodger. Uh, they went out too. And Jason Hayward, who played for both teams, spoke as well. And he was great. And he also <laughs> spoke before the game on the field a different speech. So, And then he almost homered. Cody Bellinger robbed him. Uh, uh, and and actually hilariously got booed a lot after that <laughs> because he got a nice Bellinger got a nice ovation like during the weekend, but then he was like a, in opponent mode and they were booing us. It, it, it was like a pretty nice weekend in that regard. But yeah, it, I thought that was very cool, uh, very cool day. But the Dodgers did win. So my question to you, Jacob, is when is the last time the Dodgers lost on Jackie Robinson Day? Well, the good thing about that, there's only a uh, you know. What a couple! I'm trying to remember when Jackie Robinson Day started. I, I think '97. Uh, so yeah, you know what? 25 yeah. years. I got. I got. I can yeah. pick from. That's easy. Well, yeah. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna just go in order until I get it right. After this, protect your dream home with American Family Insurance, and you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25 by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing... The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. When was the last time the Dodgers lost on Jackie Robinson Day? It was going to go. 2023. No. 2022. No. Uh... I'll, I'll, uh, I could also clog game. I could just pick in the middle and make you have you say higher and lower. Oh, uh, you're turning the, turning the dial and picking the crowd, huh? Uh. I won't go pure binary search. 2016. No. <laughs> Should I, do you want to hint? Do you want me to say earlier or later? It's earlier. 2008. Later. 2000. Don't 12. Later. 2013, 14, 15. <laughs> no, okay, so I'm just going to give it to you. Um, so it's 2014. I said that. Yeah, eventually. Uh, <laughs> so, but weirdly, so that game was played in San Francisco, a rare Dodgers road game on April 15th. Mm-hmm. Um, Brandon League uh, got the loss. It was a 12-inning, 3-2 game. I'm looking at this. The Dodgers blew the save in the ninth. I got to see. Maybe it was Kenley. Maybe it was Kenley. Um, uh, uh, Angel Pagan singled to, to Kenley, and then Brandon Belt doubled him home to tie it in the ninth. 
And then Hector Sanchez uh, had a walk-off infield single in the 12th. Uh, anyway, that was the last time they played on the road. So I was I was thinking, oh, maybe, maybe they have a, lo- a much longer streak just at Dodger Stadium. But they actually lost in 2013 at home. Okay. Uh, that was to the Padres in 2013. Oof. Okay, so here's the – man – Eric Stoltz was a Padre in that game. He got the win. <laughs> Ronald Belisario got the loss. What a perfect – Houston Street got the save. Just what a, a perfect remembering some guys. Uh, so, yeah, so they won eight straight. So, obviously, 2020 they didn't play April 15th because nobody played on April 15th. But they won eight straight um, Jackie Robinson days since, and all of them have been at Dodger Stadium. All right. Well, uh, thank you for the trivia. I'm now looking up how long was Houston Street? He was, Houston Street was a Padre for two years. I completely blanked that from my memory. Uh, he was a, uh, in my mind, he was on the A's and then he was on the Angels and the I, Rockies I remember, and the Padres did not occur. I did not remember the Rockies. I remember the A's and Angels. <laughs> Three years on the Rockies. Wow. <laughs> Wait, was he on the World Series team? Uh, 2007? No. He was still on Oakland. Mm-hmm. Well, it's time for, I think, everyone's favorite segment of the show because we are joined in spirit by our friend Craig Manami because it's time for Questions from Craig. Clayton Kershaw would be attempting to win his 200th game, almost said 2000th, on Tuesday <laughs> since the wild right? card era, uh, a.k.a. 1995 to present. There are 10 pitchers who have pitched <laughs> their entire careers since. <laughs> 1995 who have collected 200 or more wins this week's trivia will be about that this set of hurlers note for other pitchers whose careers began before 1995 also won 200 more games in that time span greg maddox randy johnson jamie moyer and mike musina are you ready yes uh for a couple things first um a i love the theme song all the time um b a thing that's messed up about the 1994 strike is that the wild card era actually began in 1994 because yeah. there were no playoffs? <laughs> it doesn't matter. Uh, but, like, it, it's just one of those dumb things that, like, you know, Dodgers were technically division champions in 1994. <laughs> even, And then that year also, I believe, every team in the AL West was well under 500. So <laughs> what a, we, we were robbed. We were robbed of potential uh, entropy there. Can Eric name the four pitchers who have won 240 more games in the wild card era? Okay, so this is just okay. So, oh wait, when did he start? Um, okay, he mentioned Musina as starting before '95. That's fair. He he popped into my head. Um, okay, uh, so I think maybe I'm wrong on this. I think Justin Verlander like just got there like recently. Uh, correct. Um. Uh, okay. Um. What about uh, CC Sabathia? Correct. So I ninety five had to be this other guy's rookie year. I mm, Andy Pettit. Correct. Oh boy, then it gets then it gets rough. Um, hmm. Two hundred forty wins is a lot. Um, I'm just trying to think of. Some of the long haulers. Um, oof. I am. I am. I'm kind of running out of steam on this one. I 
Um, nope, I don't. I don't have it. Uh, Bartolo Colon. I almost went with him. <laughs> well, you should have. Then I was like, "There's no way he got to 240." But... <laughs> 247, 247. Yeah, all right. Clayton Kershaw can become the only uh, become only what? a second pitcher sent, uh, since 1985 to do what if he gets the win on Tuesday? Win 200 games. No, uh, so I think if this is right, because I had I had done some research on something in the off season and that I have not written the article for, which I should probably prepare for Tuesday night in case he does it. I, the only thing I can think of is win 200, his 200th game before losing a hundred games. Uh, the, at least the answer I have been provided by Craig is to win while playing in the national league. Oh, get the 200th win oh, on, on an NL team. team. Wow. Greg Maddox That's- being the other. Nice. 1C. Kershaw, who would become the sixth pitcher since 1995 to win 200 more games and have over 2,800 strikeouts. If you give Randy Johnson, who are the other four pitchers to achieve these statistical highlights? Okay, so we're going to uh, Sabathia and Verlander. Yes Um, and yes. You, You got those two in order in terms of win numbers. Um. Oh. Okay. Um, <laughs> just saying. <laughs> no, no, you're, you're fine. Um, I'm just trying to think. Uh, oh, God. Um, the, so this, there's in this like soft underbelly of like 200 plus wins, but not 240 apparently. <laughs> and um, that is where I'm starting. But also the strikeouts. So I know that person didn't have the... Huh. Okay. So wait. Since '95, um, mm-hmm. you need three more because you wait. We, he didn't. Mm, you know what? Is it Pedro? Uh, it is, is not Pedro. Pedro. Oh. Didn't, I think he fell just short of 200 wins. I think. Um. Oof, so you only no, need I, two more names. I apologize. Clayton was the third uh, of the the two remaining names. Both at one point or another pitched for the Dodgers. Nope. Um, so, really? Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, 200 <laughs> wins. Wait. Okay. So, it's... Is this... When he says since 95, is this career totals? Does it include people who pitched before 95? This... The two names we're missing does not. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um... So who the hell veteran was? Uh, no, because David Wilson. Both these, before. I would one absolutely, the other almost certainly uh, will make the Hall of Fame. Hmm? Um, and are currently still pitching for a team somewhere in oh, baseball. Okay, all right. Oh, so Zach Greinke. Yeah. And Chad Billingsley. <laughs> no, um. Why can't yeah, I you're... think of... <laughs> This is... Oh, uh, Max Scherzer. There you go. <laughs> Scherzer. Scherzer. He's supposed to pitch uh, Wednesday's game in Dodger Shame, so he had a back thing. He was going to pitch Sunday in Oakland, and he got scratched and moved to Wednesday, so Max Scherzer returns to LA. Anyway. All right. Here we go. Oh, sorry. 
We all remember Kershaw's save in the 2016 National League Divisional Series. He has yet to record one in the regular season. Three pitchers with 200 more wins since 1985 have a save. Again, giving you Randy Johnson. Who are the other two pitchers with one save? (laughs) With one save? Yep. Well, this is stupid. Um, uh, Okay. Now... Uh, let's go to the well again. Uh, Max Scherzer? Nope. He he did save uh, game five of the 2021 NLDS. Um, <laughs> so, I I don't know. What's really um, funny, I give you the, here, but I'll give you the year the save was accrued. Would that help? Okay. Maybe. <laughs> uh, one was 1999, and the other was 2007. Is 99 Kurt Schilling? It is not. It was, this will give it away, for the Toronto Blue Jays. Roy Halladay? Yep. And the other one. I I forgot he got to 200. Okay. This will also give it away. The other one was for the Royals. In 07? Yeah. Oh, Mr. Grinky. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Not not a lot of uh, pitcher powerhouses for those (laughs) two teams in those eras. Evan Apier, yeah. (laughs) Uh, You did good. I'm proud of you. For the contest, name the game. No, name the game number when the Dodgers will be five games over 500. The season will already be the latest since 2018 when it occurred in game 69. Nice. Um, So... As we record, the Dodgers are eight and eight, so game sixteen. So the earliest they could do it this year is game twenty-one. Um, with that as the backdrop, um, let's see. I wrote my number down. I'm just thinking here. So one. Hmm. Uh, I am going to say. Uh, wait. Uh, game 33. Game 40. Yeah. You're usually the hater. Yeah. On the pitch clock. Do, oh, no. I'm on the pitch clock. i got 15 seconds to give you this question. On the pitch clock, do you think that for pitchers, it can either keep a pitcher on a roll, since the batter cannot delay, and also, because pitchers cannot delay, it can lead to pitchers who uh, to continue the pitch when before they would have tried to take a break? I'm I'm pointing to my watch right now and giving you the thing. Um, the fans are giving me an ovation. Come on, give me a break. So there were so the first like week or two of this, there was a lot of talk about how because of the game is sped up like this, and there's not really a mechanism. You each batter can call a timeout, like in a you know one per plate appearance, basically. So. Um, there's that, but you don't really, there's things can get away from you. There was a lot of talk of momentum, like, um, not, not so much like, uh, you know, like a basketball broadcast or something, but it was, there was there like, um, David Peralta before his, um, uh, his walk off, he was like, yeah, man, I, he's like, there's a lot of adrenaline in that situation. I just try to like focus it. I asked him like, is it harder to do that? with a pitch clock because you know you're you only have a certain amount of time to collect yourself he said 
part of it was he tried to sort of collect himself in the on-deck circle leading up to it because hard en- it's hard enough to do it when you're at the plate. Miguel Rojas earlier in the season, he lined out in a key spot. I think it was in the second game. Uh, they lost that two to one, but he, it was almost like a two run single. He hit the hell out of it, but went right to the shortstop. But he talked about how that situation, it just, it was so fast. He's like, it's really hard. <laughs> you know, he's just like, this is, this is tough. So I do, I do think there's a, there's a pot more of a possibility on both sides. So you could see like a pitcher just completely losing it. Um, you know, because of that, um, just, they can't collect themselves. You know, you can't step off the mound and walk around a little bit and to, to get your bearings or whatever. Um, we saw the, the second of two, um, Max Muncy, two home run games in San Francisco Wednesday, the Dodgers actually trailed that game. That was Kershaw's 199th win. Um, they rallied big time in an inning and they took the lead on a 15 pitch walk by Freddie Freeman off Taylor Rogers, the left-hander, um, that was his fourth walk. <laughs> he faced four batters in the end. He walked all four. Um, and that just got away from him. Like, I don't think he was necessarily rushing, but it's, it's a really hard situation to get yourself out of, um, because there's no other built in mechanism to do that. So yeah, it's, it's definitely, you, you can sort of see the effects. I don't know. I'm sure they'll figure out ways to adjust, but it's definitely something to sort of account for now that they just didn't have to before. Is Victor Gonzalez the next candidate to help bolster the bullpen? Who else on Oklahoma City could the could the, help the Dodgers right now? Yeah, um, maybe. So I think the thing with Gonzalez, so he had elbow surgery last year. He he did like he pitched on a long rehab assignment. He was pretty nearly just about ready by the time the playoffs rolled around, and they were actually holding him as a potential addition for when they advanced in the playoffs, and they just. They, they fixed the glitch and didn't advance. Uh, so, um, but he's been great. Uh, he, I think he's posted a few times on Instagram about how, how like much in, in much better shape he's in now. And um, he did like a before and after thing. I think it, it may have been on his, in an Instagram story the other day. I saw it was like side by side. He's like, you, you can tell he looks leaner, but he's also throwing like, um, he's averaging like, you know, 94 95 on the fastball which is where he was before elbow surgery he's hitting like 97 um at times so he's off to a hot start so he has 10 strikeouts in six innings um he's a lot of run uh his strikeout rate 41.7 percent um justin brule the left-hander uh, we mentioned them earlier as the they are the only two dodgers pitchers on the 40 man who are not active or on the injured list at the moment um, Brule has been also great. Um, six innings, nine Ks, no runs, 42 and or 43% K rate. They both had great starts. Um, Brule is has the most like extreme splits of the two. He's generally been like just pounded by right handers so far this year. Again, extremely small sample size, but in AAA. And I would say the PCL is, is arena ball, you know, in a lot of cases, so it's not the best pitching environment, but he's faced nine right-handed batters and he's struck out five of them. So like he's pitching pretty well. Like I think either one of those guys could help them at some point. Um, so yeah, the uh, others. Um, so on the, on the pitching side, uh, Nick Robertson, he's not on the 40 man. He was a non-roster invitee in camp. He's a right-hander. 
he's 24. He's sort of sort of made his way through the system. He's only allowed one run and eight in the third innings. He's struck out uh, 13 of his 26 batters face, so he's done really well. He throws harder than the other two. I think he's in like the 96 to 98 club at times. Um, so he's doing really well. I would imagine he could eventually get a call at some point. On the hitting side, Michael Bush, who is on the 40-man, uh, he's reached base in all 15 games. Uh, through Sunday, he's hitting 339, 451, 475. Like, not a lot of power there, but still hitting well. He played in the first week and a half. He played uh, mostly second base, a little bit of first. Now, the last five games this week, he played at third base. It's his first time ever playing that professionally. So they are very clearly trying to um, make him more versatile in in the in in the hopes that if he when he gets called up it could be it's like Miguel Vargas last year playing left field and like well if we bring bring this guy up we got to make sure we have places to play him um you know obviously Bush at first base that's that's like being the Maytag repairman um with Freddie Freeman uh you're not going to get a lot of time there so you got to find other places now uh, second base uh Miguel Vargas is there so you know and Max Muncy's at third. So, but I just being able to do more things. But as as it goes, I think Bush's bat is going to be the thing that brings him to the majors anyway. If he hits, they will probably they could probably find a spot for him if mm-hmm. if the time comes. But yeah, so I think those are the people sort of to watch right now. And uh, we mentioned like last podcast and before, like Gavin Stone is going to be up at some point. He's fighting it a little bit right now. Not not been bad, but like um, you would imagine, at some point he's he's gonna he's gonna get the call as well. We still have cool nights in L.A. Mm. and sometimes a hot drink helps with warming you up. Are you a fan of hot chocolate? And do you like marshmallows or whipped cream added to it? And for Jacob, have you made hot chocolate or chocolate milk for your child? This is mm. timely because yesterday. We were at a uh, church for a, a play group thing and uh, they were making hot chocolate. And I was like, I don't know if she's ever had hot chocolate. And the uh. answer was uh, maybe once before was a guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I haven't made it. I, I like it, but it, it has that same issue that coffee has where you have this window of perfect temperature. Oh, yeah. And unlike coffee, which I, I, I'm fine to kind of, enjoy in that that period of time i can keep drinking it It, a good hot chocolate should be pretty sweet so and that can just be overpowering while i try to down it in that perfect window Hmm. um so i like it maybe it's on the smaller side i don't necessarily like marshmallows or whipped cream but maybe with uh, make it with milk instead of water and then we're we're good to go so here's the thing i well i i definitely do not like whipped cream on that or it, just as an aside, at a getting like a shake somewhere. I don't mm-hmm. like having whipped cream on the shake. I just want the shake. Yeah. Um, but like, I like hot chocolate. However, I'm I'm saying this as someone who like I think ninety nine point eight percent of my hot chocolate um, drinking has been of the instant variety. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I've never. Oh, I'm, ne- I'm never, I can tell you, I'm never going to make actual hot chocolate. I, but if that, it's served to you, how about that? 
would you? Uh, oh, I would drink it. Yeah. yeah. So I, I'm not a coffee person like at all. In fact, I'm, I'm trying to think. I, I don't think I've had coffee since 2021 at some point. Um, usually like um, sugar-free sodas are my caffeine vice um, or iced tea or something. But if I'm at like say a game and covering a game and the and it gets really cold and I want something to heat me up, there is a uh, like a hot chocolate machine in in the press box. That is what I will use. But that's that's you know essentially the instant type. <laughs> but it's it's fine. Like that serves its purpose. I don't put marshmallows in it. I think I have some hot chocolate in the cupboard that has like. Um, you just like just add water to it, you know, that has like the little marshmallow bits in there. So I, I think it's a, it's fine in there, but I'm not going to go out of my way to add marshmallows to it. I, I would just take the hot chocolate as is. Now, what is a uh, a way to kind of add to the experience? I think is to have like a little bit of hot chocolate served with like high quality donuts, something like that. Ooh, there you that's go. Good. Or like. Um, is cinnamon a thing? I uh, in the, that as well. Cinnamon exists, yeah, in the world. <laughs> yeah, there, uh, that's our that's, our, that's spice talk. <laughs> Wait, is that a new segment? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we're we are recording late enough right now where we could actually have a nice hot chocolate right now. But I don't think I'm going to do that. Um, but yeah, that's it uh, for us. We we also had an up and down podcast. I think we hit five hundred in this one. What do you think? Uh, just like the Dodgers, who knows? Nah, now nah, we hit five home runs on the week. We're good. Uh, we we're good. We're we're max seeing this. But yeah, that's it for us. We will talk to you at some point soon. Maybe the Dodgers will be five hundred, or maybe <laughs> one of us will win the five games over bet earlier than we planned. Uh, but anyway, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.